0: Kim, hey, we're doing this in person. We are. Finally. So I'm So excited. Oh, me too. I'm super grateful you're uh, able to make time on this Sunday mm-hmm. uh, with your kids and your practice that you're able to carve out some time for me and the show, and I'm really grateful for that. I've had, kind of the reason why we're here is I've had multiple people, whether after the show or during, like their show, bring up you, <laughs> Right. Whether it be in the form of like, oh man, like she does all these crazy cool things, really, <laughs> really, really smart women, woman, like all these cool people that I think are really interesting and fascinating uh-huh. are saying that about you. Saying unique. what I think about them, but about you, and yep. so now we're here. Now we're here. Right on. So take me through, kind of. We'll start kind of your journey like uh, post-secondary kind okay. of take us from there to how we ended up here and we'll, we'll start there
1: okay so uh, i grew up in elliott lake so i went to the high school called elss mm-hmm. and uh, the thing i remember the most and i'm going to date myself here we had grade 13 so i went to so, oac yeah. and uh, in my fifth year of high school i remember all my friends going around going well i'm going to go to queens and i'm going to take law and i'm going to go to yeah. U of T and i'm going to take medicine and i'm like. I remember in that year going, oh, that's a good idea. Oh, that's, oh, I'm jealous about that, you yeah. know. And and everyone having these really big, glorious um, ideas and goals and dreams. And then I was like going, hmm, I don't know what I want to do. Yeah. And so I went to Laurentian and I took, um, back then it was your human kinetics still, but it was more exercise physiology. Now okay. it's kinesiology. Yeah. And um, I knew I knew that I wanted something in the healthcare field, but I had no clue what. So I spent my four years doing kin, mm-hmm. and um, at the end of that, I still had no idea. I didn't know if I wanted medicine. I didn't know if I wanted physio or any of the rest of it. So mm-hmm. um, after my fourth year, I took a year off, and I moved to Kitchener.
2: Nice.
1: And I was lucky enough to work in this really neat strip mall. And half of it was a physiotherapy clinic, and half of it was a sports medicine clinic. Oh, cool. And coming from a small city, I didn't know what sports medicine was exactly. Hmm. I did have the um, privilege of working with Wendy Hampson at Laurentian University, and anybody that went through Laurentian would remember Wendy. She was an athletic therapist at Laurentian for, I'm going to say 40 years, probably. Oh, good um good Yeah, wow. and she was a mentor to many, many, many people. Hmm. And so I started my time in Kitchener in the physio side. And as interesting as it was, it was um, not really my kind of like my soulmate. It was medicine and it was education and um, it had that gratitude factor and people Mm. were coming and going. Um, But there was still something lacking in the entire environment. And then I went to the sports medicine side. And let me tell you.
0: Now we're talking. Now we're
1: talking. So we had the women's Olympic softball team okay. coming through. And they were strong women and they were oh, big yeah. women. And they were powerful women. Amazing. And this sports guy was just... They were hooting and hollering. And the music was playing or the TVs were on. And someone was screaming. And I remember going, oh, what is this place? Yeah. But the interesting thing was the athletic therapist there, he knew about them. He knew what sport. And he, he had this really... Interesting way about going about their their treatments according to what they were that was coming up right so mm-hmm. when I was in the other side it wasn't like, okay so you're going to drive to Toronto on Friday, so we're gonna adjust your treatments according to what's happening in the week but this guy did so he would ask the women or whoever was in there for that matter yeah you know um, the uh, OHL k- team came through there as well and it was like so you're gonna play a game your your game's on Saturdays so you know, you're going to eat like this. This is how you're going to taper. This is what your workouts are going to look like. And and he sat Whoa. back and went, "Wow, there's a lot up there. If I could just take that head and do this, yeah. right?
2: Okay. And
1: um, so that was that was the that was that was the point for me. It was right then and there when I realized that they, the environment was loud and energetic and positive, and it was just I found that the people healed well. There was a trust, but there was a familial perspective yeah. and everybody knew him by name and and it was just a really good environment to expect and to evoke the healing process so
2: mm-hmm.
1: right after that I applied to Sheridan No and I got in and spent uh, three great years with a you know great group of, of people and they're all over the place I've got one with the National Ballet oh, wow. all the way through to the NHL so my my, cool. my, my classmates were pretty um, pretty talented and yes. Um, I was coming back to Sudbury. Mm -hmm. So in my last year at Sheridan, um, I also took my acupuncture and I also started osteopathy, which um, was by a um, physician out of France named uh, Guy Voyer. So pretty, pretty cool stuff there. I don't practice. osteo stuff very often but I do still steal some of the some of the techniques just to apply what you do Mm -hmm. on a day-to-day and just because I do things quickly right so the recovery piece is a little faster and uh, yeah so in my last year I would come home on Fridays and I was getting my clinic ready I hadn't even written my exam yet no every Friday I'm meeting it with a bank or a landlord or something and I was prepping and then I remember one day going oh shit, I hope I pass. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: i got to study for this thing.
1: <laughs> I'm like, oh shoot! I'm, I'm opening on this day. Six weeks before is my exam, I hope uh, I pass.
0: That's and close too, oh, yeah. six weeks. Oh yeah, oh well, yeah. And no you know, like the present, though. knock
1: on wood, um, everything went well, passed, and I uh, started my clinic in on August 6, 2000. Nice. Yep. It's
0: been onwards and upwards ever yep. since. yep. That's so cool. Did you always know you wanted to create that environment that you really enjoyed? yes as you kind
1: of grew up no in no that's the interesting thing um I didn't it's and and this is probably more you know directed to people who um, don't know what they want to do this comment here mm. There is a lot about myself that I know now yeah. that I didn't know existed inside of me then and I know that sounds yeah. a little corny but it's actually very true I didn't yeah. realize a lot about my character um, when I was younger I had no idea and mm-hmm. as you get older, and you realize how tough you are, and, and how motivated you can be, and how you can persevere, and all yeah. these other things, um, you just don't know them when you're younger, right? Yeah. So I've learned a lot about myself in these in these processes and these uh, experiences. And um, so no, I actually didn't know any of that before.
0: Geez, when did you kind of once you kind of experienced that environment, right at the clinic, mm-hmm. you wanted to from there kind of create that. You're like, I want this for my... Like,
1: yes. I want to be well, that
0: hat that people can...
1: Yeah, and who, who doesn't want to go to work where it's loud and laughter and people are high-fiving yeah, on the way... Yeah, it's a great energy. It's a great yeah. energy, right? And so many people have a job where they're like, oh, it's Monday. Oh, thank God, it's Friday at 5, right? And I'm the opposite. Yeah. One of my favorite places on Earth is work. I get to go to one of my favorite places every single day and see some of the most amazing humans. So for me, my work environment is... Awesome. Yeah. So you don't when see I it. right, so yeah. when I first started, I didn't have TVs in the room. Um, I I introduced those um, probably about ten years ago, and uh, it just gives people something to do, and it gives us a topic to talk about. Mm-hmm. So they'll either be curling on or the Olympics on or an NHL two, uh, on the guy's side. Yeah, okay. So in no my news. facility, instead of doing a whole bunch of curtains, I have excuse me four beds on one side for women, mm-hmm. and their space is designed a little bit prettier. And then my guys' side looks like a basement, uh, kind of like a man cave. So I've got concrete, yeah, exactly, concrete walls. (laughs) I've got hockey jerseys up everywhere. So, yeah, so the guys' side typically has sports, and the girls' side typically has, like, HGTV kind of things. Nice. But it gives us, it just, you know, it opens up conversations if things are going on, and, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's one of our local NHL guys that, you know, like, Marcus, who did a Superman punch and missed, and so it opens up for a lot of topics. The yeah, conversation. I saw that. I was like, "Oh no!" Oh, yeah. I was like, you "Oh bailed Marcus!" Off the ice hard after yeah. That. Like you just go yeah. off like, oh, right, right You he know, knew what it was. Gotta love him, but yeah. yeah so it's um, the environment. We're always laughing, um, and yeah, the it just gives us, you know, something to do, and and um, just the environment in itself is just a really cool place to be. Yeah. And I think that helps people. You don't want to see me, right? You don't want to be in pain and have to That's call That's a good
0: point. Him, That's a good point. Right? Yeah.
1: So if you're calling me, you're pretty sore. Yeah.
0: Uh, Walking is not easy for uh-huh. you, no. <laughs>
1: so if I can lighten that anxiety and that, that pressure a little bit by the mm-hmm. environment, then they're coming into a setting that they'll heal from. Mm-hmm. Right? Interesting.
0: So. It feels like, just from what I've heard and what I'm talking <laughs> to you, I feel as if you're creating... Like, there's a very cool connection that's formed right yep. through you and your clients and yep. you and like your staff and stuff yep is that how you go about that like it sounds like when you create the like the environment for the women environment for the men like what else do you do that kind of allows that connection to form with clients
1: we um we joke a lot we harass our patients quite a bit in a in a fun and of uh, you know safe way but um, right from the time they come in and they see Ant at the desk, mm-hmm. she usually, she's my, you know, my Italian bulldog, so she'll harass them a little bit. Nice. And um, we we form relationships very, very quickly. And um, it's just a really lighthearted place. And mm-hmm. we make sure that, and I work beside Mike. Yeah. So Mike's in, Mike. in my rooms. Yeah. And so, you know, some, and we're always talking. So always talking, always, always teaching, always chatting. Yeah. So people will take some of that information, and Mike has these really neat, we call them micisms and they're these no little, way, oh yeah, it's a thing, oh no, it is, it do. is, and he, so he tells one patient the other day, them. and he, sometimes you don't even realize someone's listening to you, right, so he's <laughs> trying to stretch them, and he's like, it's like, be- you're like bending a Buick, so I'm like three beds over, and I start laughing my ass off, I'm like, that's the best comment I think I've ever heard so I'm like, what does that mean exactly? He's like, I can't, I can't bend him. Like he's like, he's like a Buick. I've used it like three or four times with patients. (laughs) So it's, it's those kinds of, you know, kind of conversations (laughs) we have. Yeah. Yeah. That we have there. And the guy, so the guy's laughing. He's like, okay, so I'm not flexible. Right.
0: You can't bend a Buick. No, no. So Um, yeah.
1: yeah. So it's just, it's just a lot of back and forth and laughter. And that's, I think our personality so everybody that works under my like under my roof or in my facility Mm -hmm. um, we have very similar values and very very similar um, personalities so it's it's you know and I think that helps people feel comfortable and then when they feel comfortable they feel um, confident about their practitioner and when it's a light-hearted kind of environment they're very comforted very quickly, and when you can right. settle somebody's sympathetic nervous system, meaning their fight or flight, yeah. or their anxiety, or their stress from the day, and you bring them in, and then they're sitting yeah. and they're like, "Okay, I like this place. These guys are pretty funny," or "I get to watch TV for an hour and I don't have my kids, so nobody, you know." And when <laughs> you start, you know, you, they start to kind of settle into their place, <laughs> yeah. and then it's like, like this, and then their body's yeah. ready to to recover.
0: That's awesome. How <clears throat> important. Is that aspect in the prep in the preparing them to go through the injury process like the recovery process I,
1: I think it's incredibly important I think that um, medical models or therapeutic models where your your treatments are quick and yes you may be doing something physiologically for them but I think the before piece mm. is just as important as that piece so when we work on somebody we have heat we get them settled in because the other thing too is everybody's busy. Everybody, our Every moms, our else. dads, yeah. our brothers, our sisters, everybody's busy. So when they're trying to fit in an hour treatment in their day, they're excuse me running there, they're parking, they're running in hoping they're not late. Now we got all the COVID screens, so they got to do all that stuff right, mm. and then you're getting them into the bed, and if the next thing is diving right into the treatment your expectations are going to be a little too high and thinking that yeah. they're just going to calm enough for you to go at it.
0: Never happens. Now, they're up here. You got to bring them you down. It's it. too much of a job.
1: So yeah. now their sympathetic nervous system and their fight or flight is firing. Right. And we want to, and we want to, when we work, we need to work in their parasympathetic, which is their, just their calming system. Mm-hmm. And in order to, to be here, I got to bring them down. Yeah. So Our treatments are longer they they have 20 minutes where there's a heat pack on them they're comfortable they're warm Um, we have a machine called the interferential current that's prepping the site so there's a purpose for everything that we do there and the first 15 20 minutes yes it's to calm them get their nervous system settled anxiety whatever get their day finished or at least whatever they were kind of struggling or you know even just being in a rush think of just going to a meeting you sit there for a minute you're like okay now I'm ready right getting that off uh you know off Mm -hmm. the table and then after that then we take the next 40 minutes and we do the treatment so i personally think it's incredibly important if you want to create a change in that person you need them ready to do so so i think it's incredibly important
2: okay i
0: that's interesting that it's not a um because i know having um, and you have a chiropractor as well. I don't. That's no? about the only
1: thing okay. I don't have, um, not because I don't believe in right. them. Not I have. Um, Doctor Cannell was with me for a few years. Um, we just we just never really put another one back in. So I'm hoping to have one again.
0: Nice. Yeah. What I was wondering. Um, I know they have a weird uh, like there's a misconception people have with it. Man, I need a chiropractor just to like crack me a bunch. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? there like it always seems like that's something that like they're always separate in the recovery process at least from what I've seen Mm -hmm. like they're separate doing their thing and then there's groups of clinics
1: right oh that's an interesting that's an interesting um, concept actually Um, now chiropractors are probably one of the strongest diagnosticians Mm -hmm. in the allied paramedic world Um, they are spectacular in the neural and um, obviously in the spine and as we know, that's, you know, a cause of a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, doctor, they're also doctors of chiropractic, right? So they they are typically seen um, a, a little higher, we'll say in the food chain, um, and they work really well with massage therapy. When you have um, a multi multidisciplinary clinics are very, very hard to do well. Um, I've been grateful with mm. the fact that mine has run nice. very smoothly. Um, but that's also because I allow all my practitioners to run their own piece. I don't micromanage. So, yeah. yeah. So sometimes what happens is a chiropractor will own the facility or will be the lead practitioner and then everybody runs out underneath them. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of turnover in facilities that are run that way because right. everyone's competing for that lead role. Right. If you're in that If you're in some sort of allied or paramedical profession, chances are you're a type A personality and you're a go-getter. The other thing that happens is in the multidisciplinary facilities, a lot of times they'll be like, well, I could do this on my own and pay less rent or pay less to the owner. I don't need these people to do my work because I've already done my schooling. So a lot of times you get them broken up and, and people go on their way and start. And that's in dentistry, that's in optometry, that's in anything right yeah, and and it does and, and you can by all rights you can but where the the connection and that multidisciplinary approach benefits is the patient because it's like a one-stop shop so if I can't figure it out I can send them to physio If mm-hmm. physios like I don't do enough manual work mm-hmm. but they need a really deep massage I've got three RMT's yeah right and so on and so forth so their care stays within the trusted circle of care which is in yeah. one building so easy I easier. don't You know so i of course not being a chiro I don't really know um, where that kind of break is but you're right I have noticed that they typically do run facilities on their own Um, but I'm assuming it's probably mostly because they're they're just higher and 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 better educated on diagnosing neurological issues interesting
0: yeah that's why I was wondering yeah separate so yeah okay um so this, um, when we first started talking, um, like over FaceTime a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. kind of break the ice and stuff, um, we went on a long conversation about this kind of generation of athletes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so, I mean like the athletes that we have as mutual friends or people out there even that we don't know or that I don't know maybe personally, but you do, yeah. um, seeing the things they're accomplishing at the levels they're accomplishing it at. And yeah. at first glance, they don't look like they can accomplish those things, mm-hmm. right? They're not like Michael B. Jordan physiques or anything, right? <clears throat> so you're like, oh, at first glance, you're kind of confused. Now, why is that? Like, why do you think those, like that generation of athlete is kind of starting to take a uphill?
1: I think there's two things you can, you can attribute that to. Yeah. I think it's the Spartan world now that we have these... Races that combine um, um, the running and all the obstacles, and yeah. I think the David Goggins worlds can be thanked for that as well.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, for those of you who don't know, look him up. Pretty impressive man. Um, and I think the generation is and podcasts.
0: Yeah, right. That's true. So people
1: are in learning a lot of bits of information, and they don't have to read a full book. Yeah, which is right kind of a shame <laughs> yeah but, but sometimes it's yeah, enough it, to get them interested in the book mm-hmm. um, but I think those are the factors that are creating and, and you know I don't know if you know Skyler who just ran across no yeah, okay. so personally, though. he's a good one too yeah. just so we don't call out any locals um, so if you look at what Skyler accomplished he ran it's got to be close to six thousand kilometers far and you ran instance. around 63 kilometers a day for 160 days. Ugh. So let's all think about that for a second. that's a marathon and a half every single day. For Rain, shine, snow, whatever, right across Canada for mental health. Yeah. Amazing. <clears throat> amazing. Amazing, yeah. So I think what's happening is... People are seeing that the physical and mental limitations that they were putting on themselves
2: mm-hmm.
1: were just that. They were their own belief system. systems. Yeah. And I think the David Goggins and the Spartan races and the Skyler's of the world have made people realize that your physical capabilities far exceed what you think they do. Mm-hmm. And you can pull this stuff off. Yeah. And, you know, the harm versus the hurt. And am I... Am I hurting or is it hurt? And all those, all those things. I think people are listening to podcasts more. They're reading a bit more, but they're reading things that are motivational. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that's come to light, obviously, is mental health. And um, a lot of people are doing these physical um, races and and sports and and just goals and Mm -hmm. things like Skylar um, because of their own mental health. Yeah. <clears throat> and ah, they're they're putting these yeah. really big goals and they're and they're succeeding oh for sure right yeah and they're showing Amazing. people through their battles yeah. what they can accomplish to help motivate someone else battling Crazy. the same thing yeah. and before I think mental health was just as we know was hidden but people didn't know to go out and say and scholars one of them look what I can accomplish with mental health issues mm-hmm so right and, super and I cool. yeah. yeah it is super cool yeah, and very... like the ones we've spoken about that that we both know and and that's what they're doing yeah they're doing like insane amounts of, of crazy mileage yeah, crazy. we'll say yeah. um, um, for for themselves yeah. but just to prove it can be done and mm-hmm. so and, and you got the, you know, the social media platform where, where without it, no one would know. Like, think about Terry Fox yeah. for a minute. Like, think of what he accomplished in a time with no social media.
0: No Instagram? Right. No, like, well, maybe, no, no Facebook. No Facebook. Um,
1: so you nothing. had a few, somebody with maybe like an old camera that um, took the odd picture and maybe some old video footage. Oh, crazy. And, and now you've got Skylar who reached people all over the world um with instagram and facebook Mm -hmm. and these other and these posts just the story yeah yeah and and i think um there might have been a lot more people that did things that we don't know about because we didn't have a social media platform to watch no true so we know terry fox because terry fox was a very well-known canadian um but there could be thousands of terry foxes out there Mm -hmm. that we don't know about from you know the 70s and 80s and 90s before Mm -hmm. all this stuff came out so um now we're just aware of it yeah so I think I think that in part and parcel is why we're seeing this more often
0: so with that being said and you touched on it briefly with it's a lot of mileage it's a lot of of moving in one direction and it's a lot of it's just so consistent right I guess just I'm trying to wrap my head around the sheer quantity of doing something Mm -hmm. like that and I haven't been able to (laughs) yet we'll see but with that, and you have um, those people going in and doing therapy with mm-hmm. you and your yep. team. Yep. What is your approach to the industry? Uh, sorry, to the injury prevention aspect of that, right? Because it's not right. just about building them up That's to right. be strong. That's right. To peak, because they're not peaking. It's every single day, Correct. right? You have to also let them build and get stronger. That's right. But still prevent. Yep the yeah. things it's Tell a very
1: it's a very different um, protocol because normally when you have a, a team let's say a football player mm-hmm. you divide your week into days right <laughs> it's like I kind of like I was saying when I was first um, worked with the sports medicine guys yeah. and realized that they did that division so when you're working with a team and they've got a game let's say my Sudbury Wolves or my Sudbury 5 we'll go local mm-hmm. nice. and they play let's say they play Friday night
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I've got an injury from the weekend Mm -hmm. and they come see me on the Monday and it's like okay so I have Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday to Thursday Mm -hmm. that's all I've got because Friday's game day so Mm -hmm. what I would treat on Friday is very different so I would treat the trauma Mm -hmm. site very early in the week and then we try to stabilize it because you're only gonna get so much healing done in three days right and so what we do is more of a management program in that sense right Mm -hmm. so we're like, okay, well, you're not going to be 100% in three days. We know that. No. But we can tape it. We can brace it. We can prep you for it. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And all those things happen. Now you get a Skylar or somebody who's doing 63 or 65 kilometers every single day. Every day. For a long time. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so you're not going to get any healing at all. You're hoping that their sleep, their hydration, and their fuel is taken care of, which we do talk about. Yeah. Right? And by the time you got to me, like Skylar, for example, um, he had already run from BC. So yeah, I yeah, kind of had that stuff figured yeah, out. Yeah, right? I kind of
0: understood the d- yeah yeah. And
1: and then hope. you've got your environment, you've got the weather, you've got all these other things,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the fact that he sleep. You know, some of these guys are sleeping in hotels, and they're just so there's there's so many variables. So first, what we do is figure out what the variables are mm-hmm. and which ones we can tweak. So when I got Skylar, I got him literally halfway through. Yep. And so you don't want to change too much because he's in a pattern. So, because there's a pattern, and the pattern's working. You don't want to influence it too much, right. but you do want to improve the little things that he may not have known about, mm. may not have thought about, all those little things. So yes. there is an education piece, yeah. but you can't you can't over over inundate them because it might it could be like Ooh, I wouldn't have done that for the last thirty days. Too bad he's been doing it, and mm. you can't change it but the things that you can influence and change and modify without screwing too many things up, you do. So sometimes it's like, okay, we're gonna change the time you take your salt water. We're going to um, change the order of your meals. We're going to give you a different fuel source here. So Mm -hmm. little tweaks are actually very beneficial because If we, we don't have the week to look forward to, but we have, let's say another hundred days. We can take that information and saying, you're going to start depleting all your stores. So we're going to take you through the next hundred days and we're going to show you how to do that.
2: Okay, that makes sense, yeah.
1: So you can't store anything because you're depleting yourself every single day. Right. So we have to give you food Mm -hmm. and fuel that you're going to take in. And, and and burn, take in and burn. and So those kinds of, so you're taking, in my group sessions and in my team, I'm looking at three days. In something like what Skylar was doing, I'm looking at 100 days. But ah, it's daily. Yeah. So there is no time to oh. repair. So the treatments, in essence, are, okay, uh, I'm going to remove lactic acid and inflammation from the sites. Nice. So when we saw Skylar, we did full body.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He sat in a cold tub first. We removed all the inflammation um, brought his temperature down then we looked at the sites that so you do a lot of global things yeah flushing of the body that kind of thing right so yeah so it, it's just bigger projects but you right. can't influence little sites because you're gonna make them sore
2: hmm.
1: yeah very different treatment uh, strategies hmm. for something that's you know um, they, they train and they taper themselves yeah. and their coaches know what day they're going to bag skate and what day they're going to, you know, they're going to recover day and they're going to go in the gym and then they got a yoga day and they got a stretching day. Those are very, very different than I'm going to run a marathon and a half every single day for X number of days.
0: Yeah. There's a different challenge there for sure. Now, does that help having, when you see clients Mm -hmm. like that and it's so different from whether it be elite level hockey players or football players, basketball players Mm -hmm. to, Guys like Skyler, for example, yep. or people like Skyler, for example, doing those crazy feats, like you said, marathon and a half every yep. single day for yep. about half a year. Yeah. Ridiculous. So how helpful is that having like a team team to do that? Like just uh-huh. boom, this is where we go. This is like the HQ yep. of getting recovery and prevent my injuries. This is where I go. We go see Kim and her and the team, they take care of me. Like how nice is that? It's, to-
1: it's critical because I graduated from school 21 years ago. So, you know what I mean? So things have changed. And and so I've got, of course, I'm the oldest one in the facility. So then I've got, you know, a fascial stretching therapist like Mike, who um, has a really cool vibe and um, his knowledge base is is different than mine. Right. Right. Um, And then you've got physio who has a little bit more evidence-based material. And so having a collection of people with different experiences and different educations is actually pretty cool because... Mm -hmm. If I can't figure it out or it's like okay we've got this guy or this girl and she's doing a B and C Um, we've got we're gonna see them for a day and a half and then they're gone again or whatever it might be you can take all those heads and we do like what what, like rounds like physicians do and you get together and say okay how are we going to tackle these issues with the time we have knowing that they're coming out of here and they're going to do this whatever is coming up and um, and then we can sit down and figure out the plan. So mm-hmm. it's not it's not one. It's not on one person's shoulders right, where you're right or wrong. Probably nice, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, two, it's not only on one person's experiences because yeah. before before the, I'd say before probably even like maybe twenty fifteen and later. The the Spartan races existed probably, but they weren't really well known. It's only in the last, let's say five to seven years where Mm -hmm. you've got these extreme, these regular people doing extreme things,
2: Yeah.
1: right? So when you have a a high level athlete doing something extreme, well, their body's prepared for that. Yeah. When you take an everyday person who sits at a desk and then all of a sudden they're going to do 21 kilometers and 60 obstacles, that's not a normal transition.
0: No, it's kind of outrageous.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's where the team approach, you know, is it's always, always, always better. Now, thankfully, the team approach is only as good as your pieces and only as good as your relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I definitely believe that the team approach is better than one.
0: Amazing. So I get a sense that you're very, very big on community, whether that be in your...
1: I am. Right. I love whether, my community. Amazing.
0: Whether that be yeah. in like your own group at, the, at Active Therapy Plus yep. Yep. or whether that's in the community of Sudbury. Right. right? So with that transitioning a bit, um, what are some activities or community involvement groups that you do? Like, um,
1: yeah, I love my community. Nice. They, they grew me and they feed me, right? So, yeah, that's um, so I am a Rotarian, mm-hmm. very proud one. I'm part of the Sunrisers. And, uh, the nice thing about Rotary is it's a group of, um, it's a good network. They're, they're like-minded. They're mm-hmm. usually business owners or healthcare providers. Yeah. And we do a lot of great things in the community. Um, there's Rotary Park, um, all the way down. If you follow Rotary, um, they're also in the process of eradicating polio. So they do things worldwide. So almost every community yeah. has a Rotary program. Um, hmm. So okay. Yeah, yeah. So we, we do Vive Le Ve, we yeah. do the lobster um, dinner at... at um, and that's the other group. But there's two groups of Rotary in town. Hmm. Um, so I do that, and that's at a, a slightly bigger level. And then um, I try to kind of go with what's happening in the communities. So hmm. anytime one of our local athletes do something like Cacciati Mm -hmm. or Matt, um, I jump in on those things to to push that. Um, When COVID hit, I, like most people, was like, okay, now what do I do for a few weeks? Uh. (laughs) So I started something called the RVs for healthcare workers Mm -hmm. with a friend of mine. And what we did was because the um, campgrounds were closed and a lot of our frontline workers were scared to go home because we didn't know anything about COVID. Um, So I reached out in my community and every time I do they come come at me with arms wide open and we had Jim's portable toilets, we had Dr. Clean, we had Jerry Lougheed, we had Everybody you can imagine, Nickel City, um, uh, Nickel Belt camping. Everybody, oh, yeah. and what they did was even Vince Palladino gave me brand new RVs Epic. to park in healthcare workers' driveways. Even our Amazing. city of Sudbury yeah. gave us an extension on the bylaw of being able to park an RV. Come on, yeah, yeah, no. Everybody just said, "Yep, yeah, you know what? Let's do this." So. What they did was they allowed us to keep our healthcare workers safe from their families. They yeah. could do one of these out the window, yeah. but before we knew how contagious and how Jeez. dangerous COVID was, the community stepped up. <sighs>
2: That's right? amazing.
1: Sudbury, you know, could I do this in a bigger community? Can I do this in a different community? I don't like, know.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, But
1: yeah. um, I'll, I'll tell you, the Sudbury community <laughs> for backing one of its own
2: yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Is, is insane it's it's a, it's an amazing community every time I've reached out for um, for example um, uh, in the past Derek uh, McKenzie would mm-hmm. run an NHL golf tournament and amazing. that golf tournament would amazing. raise money for the NOFCC nice. which is the families with children with cancer yeah. okay. and a couple years ago um, I was chatting with him and because he's now a coach in the NHL he mm-hmm. doesn't get his summers off and this is a big undertaking this is a big golf uh. tournament and so I said, "Okay, I'll take it." Yeah. And he's like, "One problem." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "You don't play in the NHL." Yeah. Ah. Yeah, I'll i will figure ah, it out. That's okay. That's just a small problem. That's he's a big like, problem. We'll okay, sure, team. Kim. And uh, sure enough, <laughs> Tyler Bertuzzi uh, was in the clinic, and you know, I said, "Ty, you want to you want to do this for me?" And he's like, "Sure." I don't have to talk to I? I'm like, "No, no, don't have to talk. <laughs> I just need someone to be you can, in the NHL." Yeah, don't have to
0: talk. And That's just funny. like
1: that. Within months, Tyler became um, this community icon and he helped me with everything we yeah. needed. Now, unfortunately, COVID hit in 2020, so we yeah. couldn't do his, um, his first golf tournament. So what we did instead was we sold face masks of Tyler Pettizzi's right. smile. Yeah. And, you know, I said, I'm going to sell $10,000 worth of masks and Amazing. everybody thought it was nuts and um, so I and I I didn't sell them cheap They were seventy dollars a mask <laughs> so they were expensive and again I went to Smith's markets I went to Cocoon hardware Belanger Ford yeah. I was I went to see um, laking Toyota Jeez, and everybody everybody yeah. and I sold out of masks and we made ten nice. thousand dollars for awesome. the NOFCC That's right so amazing it's um yeah. you know and again it's an ugly smile I love you Tyler but it's a nice <laughs> smile and, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and, uh, so it's, you know, it's, it's anytime somebody here has needed something, um, whatever mm. it was, uh, this community is a pretty special place. There's no doubt. So we've been in <clears> COVID <throat> for what, about two years now. Pretty close. Yeah. Close. Hey. Oh yeah. Just shy of, 20, but 22, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So what, um, I was talking to a paramedic who I had on, uh, last episode, Matt, yep. Yep. the guy, he... Him and I kind of, after the episode, started talking about a community and stuff like that. And he made an interesting point. I'm curious about your perspective on it. But How has the community changed from the beginning of COVID and the whole pandemic to where we are now? That could be at a global Mm -hmm. scale, a provincial, Mm -hmm. federal, whatever it is. But Mm -hmm. we'll focus at just the municipal level. But how has it changed in your eyes?
1: Going back to that RV initiative and everybody was you know, pooling together and pooling resources and there were challenges out on Facebook Mm -hmm. and there were GoFundMe pages and there was so much uh, community where, you know, people were posting on Facebook to just, you know, buy your spa gift certificates, go out and order food and there was this huge connection and unfortunately I think the vaccine passports, um, has broken us a yeah, little bit. Yeah, there's a
0: divide. Yeah, there's a,
1: there's a, there's a divide, and mm-hmm. now I do see that on Facebook. I see people who yeah. post um, things about rights and, and the jab and all this other stuff, and yeah. it's unfortunate, and I don't, I don't disagree, and I don't agree. Um, I'm in the healthcare field, and I had yeah. to do what was right for me and my family, but um, I, I don't think we're as connected, and I don't think we're as strong as a community mm-hmm. as we were in March, April, May of 2020 right unfortunately i i think we'll get back there again i hope so um i think once they start alleviating and 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 you know taking down some of these restrictions Mm -hmm. but i think it's going to i think for some it's going to last a little longer than that i think within family circles within business circles within um, medical circles where you know maybe you were denied care not care but they denied entry into a restaurant or being able to see your son play hockey yeah. um, I think that's gonna leave a mark I,
2: think so. I think it's
1: gonna take us a little bit of time to heal as a community mm-hmm. as and that's every community that's just not right, not just separate, right? Um, but sure. I, I I think we're going to feel that for a little bit yeah yeah I think so, I think so. <clears throat> I'm grateful that I'm yeah. in healthcare, so I didn't have to you know pull that punch um, yeah. I, I know, obviously, a lot of businesses had to, mm. and uh, that was the only way they could stay open, right. but, you know, it's still tough. Yeah,
0: and I think that's, I think you said it, though, um, and I find a lot of people are doing just that, or expressing some form of gratitude throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing, mm-hmm. where it's, looked, I know we're all going through it, whether yep. it be different, in different ways or not, right, whether it be yep. you're out for six months or not, right? Yep. But I think the ability to be grateful, or find things to be grateful for, in a time like this we'll call it yep is severely overlooked yes. and we're kind of getting away from that like at yes. the beginning <laughs> i was like hey you know i'm doing workouts with friends on instagram like just
1: well even the hearts things, in the windows right? and the and the chalk drawings <sighs> along the sidewalks and
0: the drive by birthdays the drive by like, birthdays
1: they were know. not what you wanted no. but they showed such a connection and a unity mm. and uh, made we, the
0: most of a bad We situation. did
1: we have lost that a little bit yeah
0: yeah I mean, uh, yeah now we just kind of whatever we're mm-hmm. gonna all go mm-hmm. or we're just not gonna bother so yeah, we've got that
1: interaction really, again that one-on-one person contact yeah, which
2: is nice which is
1: nice yeah. and everybody needs and thrives on yeah um but some of the creativity and the other pieces would have been nice to see a little longer
0: yeah i think so and it was it was cool but i can't I cannot for the life of me go back to doing zoom podcast, Kim.
1: No, no, I can't no, do me it. Neither. I can't do
0: it. Right. Any yeah. like interactions with yeah. like, clients yeah, or yeah. other people. It's like, Hey, so I hear you. it's good. And it's not, but the anxiety going on in my head, every single time I hit record or I open up a zoom chat with a, a guest and they're from like, they're an actor and they're in Halifax. And I'm yeah. like, all right, here we go. You know, we figured out the time difference, everything. And now the connection shit. <laughs> and like, uh, but in, and they're like well it's your wi wife I am like but mine like my mom teaches on the thing like she's just, yeah it's fine for her it should be fine for this you know yeah so then you're yeah. arguing
1: yeah yeah
0: and so it's yeah for the life of me and I'll fly somewhere <laughs> to do a podcast yeah. before I
1: yeah no I hear you I'm grateful Zoom for camera. that as well
0: yeah it was nice but then it, it got over it quickly and yep. now we're uh, now we're here yeah but switching a bit of gears are you do you practice Chinese medicine at all or have you studied it?
1: Yeah, I, I, uh, I do. I am part of the college of traditional Chinese medicine practitioners and Acupuncturists of Ontario, Nice CTCMPAO. It's a really, I'm it's, a, very it's a big, yeah, big mouthful. Yeah. Um, so I did my acupuncture, I completed it in 20 and 2000 mm-hmm. and in 2013, they regulated acupuncture, which was the thing to do. Cause we are breaking the surface of the skin. Yep. Um, and then what they did was they allowed us to write a series of exams. And uh, if you pass them, then they would grandfather you in to mm. this Chinese medicine piece. Um, but when Whoa. I took my acupuncture, I just took acupuncture. Yeah. I didn't take traditional Chinese medicine. Oh. Right? Yeah. But the college is all of it. So it's the herbs. It's the, the diagnosing of the pulses and, and the tongue. And Whoa. So it's, 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 a, it's a very detailed, it's a whole practice. Yeah. Right? Um, and it's very, very different from Western, obviously. Yeah. Um, so okay. yeah, I took a little bit of studying and, uh, mm. et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, so I, I, I did, I uh, was able to keep my acupuncture license and I, it's a big part of what I do actually. Not, mm. not the traditional Chinese methods,
0: the acupuncture. What's an example of a traditional, uh, Chinese method
2: of healing?
1: Um, so they, so traditionally they work in meridians, Okay. right? So their belief system runs that, um, every ailment mm-hmm. is either an excess or deficiency. There's a, there's a problem within... That meridian. So we've got lung, kidney, okay. heart, right? Yeah. So, and if you've ever seen one of those anatomical drawings with the yeah. meridians, you'll see the little dots and the lines that kind of run up.
2: Oh, okay. right. yeah, so I know what you're talking about. They
1: all connect. So when oh. you look up, say someone comes to you and they're having trouble with fertility, oh, well, yeah? there is a protocol or there's series of protocols Mm -hmm. and there's also laws. So if one way doesn't work, you can work off of a different law. So it's actually, it's very very interesting stuff. And then they give you the points and sometimes you're simulating, sometimes you're dampening, and so you're working on what might be blocking. Oh,
2: that's cool. Right?
1: So really neat stuff. So fertility is a big one. Um, and they work in like dampness and colds and and uh, so what their lungs are doing what their pulses are doing and uh, yeah so it's it's very different from yeah we say it's different but when I went to write the exam
2: yeah
1: um so you know in terms of heat Mm -hmm. right they say okay well there's a lot of heat in you well that to us that's inflammation so it's not that different it's just the language is different right and then when you look at you know um dampness well dampness could be something from an infection to um, arthritis to right so think about being in a damp corner for a little bit what what, how would you feel right so we think of them very differently chill feel yeah Yeah. but you can actually under if you understand what they're describing from thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago all our medicine typically matches
0: whoa it's just some form of west it's like westernized it's just westernized system. yep whoa yeah that's so cool so
1: yeah it gives Gee. me it just gives me another trick in my toolbox right yeah
0: you don't say that's yeah. something that hey because i i knew i wanted to ask you about it but i had yeah. no idea so like, yeah
1: oh, yeah
0: interesting wow so what um what kind of mentorship programs do you do or are you part of
1: so um, I take on students. I have any given time, anywhere from five to ten students,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, primarily university, a mm-hmm. lot, of, lot of Laurentian. Um, we take on at the clinic, we take physiotherapy students, we take on medical students. Um, and then we take on, I'll take on a couple high school students, um, just, you know, so they can do a co-op. We mentor through, uh, so we mentor the student trainers at Laurentian University. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentor we're looking at perhaps starting a mentorship kind of with our Sudbury Wolves yeah, and yeah. maybe either via um, our community or them through the NHL so we, mm-hmm. we do I do quite a few mentorship type programs I take on a lot of students anybody yeah. that wants to come in come on in oh,
0: that's cool what <clears throat> I feel it's such an important thing for somebody in a high school student role to do or even a post-secondary yeah like having that co-op experience i didn't have it until the last second last semester of my uh my schooling and i did it after kind of halfway through it i was like i don't really know if i want to do this Mm -hmm. type of like be in this type of environment all the time (laughs) yeah everybody stops moving at 4 30 there's I, it was, it was really weird, Kim. I was sitting in this, in this like city of Ottawa building. It was like the 13th floor of this 50 story building. Okay. I'm sitting down. It's Friday. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm like, all right, you know, it's Friday. Let's go. This is awesome. Right. This is what we all, the best thing of the Absolutely. Right? Yep. Yeah. So I'm sitting there and I look and I have a timer that goes off at five. Right. Yeah. So my timer went off at five. And as soon as it went, all I heard was just everybody in the office, deep breath out. And everybody stood up. Oh, it was the wow. most ridiculous like cattle herding <coughs> yep. and then- thing of all time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Right. And then just everybody yeah. fell in line. Like, yep. Hey, have a good weekend, have a good weekend. Yeah. And first thing first <coughs> thing happens on Monday, everybody sits down, there's coffee, there's a lineup at the Keurig, mm-hmm. people just starting in, mm-hmm. sit down and go and there's Yeah. Noon hits.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, Robotic no. eh?
0: Yeah. So mm-hmm. That kind of made me go, you know, I'm going to figure out something different. So I'm grateful for where I am now, but that learning experience is huge. And I think it's cool that you're giving people a chance to do that. Yeah. And understand kind of what's to expect in the industry.
1: Yeah. So. and I And I like to teach. You know, yeah. so and my, my it's, always a, it's also a good environment for your patients because they're listening to you. So they take a little bit more about what's going on in them yeah. because you explain it differently for the student. You explain it to them, mm-hmm. but you might give a little bit more detail in the explanation to the kin student or the med student or the physio student. And so you're talking about them longer. They take in more information, right? And you're talking yeah. about the modality saying, okay, this is what ultrasound does. Mm-hmm. This is what we're going to do it for and they're taking that in because yeah. I wouldn't have necessarily told them that.
0: Right, but it almost gives right? them a confidence. Absolutely. That, oh, they know and shoes.
1: and people yeah. are, you know, generally speaking, people are really good in, in educational surroundings. Yeah. Um, you know, I know everyone has a little bit of a issue with the doctor coming in being a student, but your doctor started that way too. And yeah. uh, a learning environment is is is, is just critical. Right. You, you got you got to go through it. So, yeah. um, yeah so I, I i love to talk obviously and i love to teach so um having a learning facility is is uh one of the things i think that makes um our environment as, as positive as it is because we're always talking the students are yeah, always no asking kidding. questions so then the patient is learning uh,
0: <clears throat> i think that's something uh, that's so fascinating i think the ability to have that growth mindset and being around even if you're maybe not so much that's your style your yeah. personality yeah but being around that right like yeah who you're around is so huge yeah and who impacts you and who has influence in your decisions and stuff is very very crucial especially maybe not so much as we go as we grow older but yeah very much in the beginning stages of yeah. our lives, right?
2: Yeah, for sure. Like,
0: we all want to make decisions, we all want to choose the right path, but we don't actually... Nobody really knows what they're oh, doing. Oh, no, they right? don't. We're just all really good at making it seem like we know what we're doing. <laughs> yep. So, it's like everybody figured this out by failing a couple million times anyway. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah. like, ah,
0: uh, you make mistakes or whatever, it happens. But do you have, that you're able to share with us, um, a kind of learning opportunity or like a big moment that experience you had that taught you a lot it could be at the beginning stages of practice or recently
1: I had a lot of so um, shortly after I opened the clinic I had an opportunity to speak to go back to Sheridan and speak and one of the very first questions asked to me and I'll never forget him he said weren't you nervous about opening your facility like opening a clinic because yeah. I never worked for anybody I, I I only ever really worked in the school clinic um, and then you were with sports teams because I'm a sports therapist Right. so most of our um, our like internships were with teams not in clinic settings no I wanted to be a clinician yeah. and I wanted to work on teams but I didn't want my primary role to be on the field right right and I remember standing up in front of the class going oh shit I probably should have been but then it was like this epiphany going huh no actually I wasn't nervous um no I wasn't scared oh shit I should have been you know and it was kind of like this wave came over me and I went oh and you know everybody in the clinic um, would, you know I come in on Monday with a certain look on my face and they all look at me go what would you get us into this weekend Right, because I come in with we're opening another facility, or we're I'm writing a book, or you know we're doing this for this team, or da da da. And so they're all Monday morning, they're waiting for. Okay, what are we doing now? All right. Um, So I don't know if there was a a moment or um, anything that I went through that. I can't think of one except that um, every time I've I'm always so grateful Mm -hmm. for the relationships and and what it's allowed me to do and every time I succeed at something like writing the book or you know um, getting the valet contract or opening another location or you know you sit back and you reflect and go okay what did I do right Mm mm-hmm to allow these other people or or these these um, experiences and opportunities to fall into my lap mm-hmm. and I learned that way but it's a little reverse than so, what okay. most people would expect there's not usually that something that I learned from right. it's usually oh shit I did that oh oh maybe I you know and yeah. and then it's it's kind of I, I kind of flip it where um, I'm grateful it happened but I'm, I'm pretty I, I'm just, I'm so driven mm-hmm. that I, I don't really need them. I don't right. know if that sounds... No, it makes a lot of sense. sense. You don't
0: need a big, like, bad thing to happen for you yeah. to learn from to pick yourself up and move forward yeah. or keep going. No. Yeah, yeah. I think that pays a lot of, like you said, um, that could probably be attributed to <clears throat> excuse me, the people that you're around at those times and just your ability to take from experiences that's happened, Mm -hmm. right? Not so much these ridiculously bad ones, because everybody learns differently and everybody Mm -hmm. grows differently, right? Whether
1: you've
0: had a big fail or not, it's not really a big deal, so. Yeah,
1: and you know, there's, you know, like it's, and it's not like I've gone after everything and gotten everything, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you, you learn from those those issues. And sometimes it was, you know, a practitioner chose to leave. Yeah. Well, that's a loss because they're my friends and they're mm-hmm. my coworkers and I consider them family. But I've always told everybody that comes to work with me, not for me, but with me, mm-hmm. that if the, an opportunity is better elsewhere, you need to take it. Yeah, I'm not going to sign you to a contract because everybody needs to walk into work and have it feel like I get to you every day. And if that's not reciprocated yeah. for you and working here or going on this team or moving is that environment for you, then you need to take it, mm-hmm. right? So you learn from those, but they're not not—they're not necessarily mistakes or anything you did wrong. It's just somebody mm. needs to grow somewhere else or something needs to happen, you know, for you to grow. Yeah. But there really was never, I can't think of, and I could be wrong, but I can't think of a situation or something that's happened that... Um, either derailed me or gave me the direction. I am such a, great. a linear thought right process, on. right? That yeah. I just Good keep That's great. Yeah, That's
0: awesome. <clears throat> so you touched on it briefly. Um, okay. And if you're okay with discussing it, at least, at least briefly discuss sure. it. Um, tell me about this book you're writing.
1: Okay. So... I teach a lot. I Mm -hmm. teach at the med school. Um, I have students, like I said, you know, any given time, there's five plus students in the facility. So I spend, as I'm treating, I'm spending my day teaching. Mm -hmm. And one of my new athletic therapists, Isabel, um, and in the past, I've been told, you need to come and lecture at this school, and you need to come teach my class, or I wish I had you as a teacher, because this would have made so much more sense, or I learned more like this than I did there. And you know, the thing is, Amazing. like, hey, I can't, I can't go and lecture. I can't just yeah. go and do all these things. I gotta
2: go from the practice too. Guys. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. And I can't just
1: walk in yeah. in front of your teacher and start, you know, teaching the class. <laughs> so Isabel says to me, "Well, why don't you just re- write a book?" And I went light bulb. Oh, you're right. I'm gonna do it. And I literally started that day. Amazing. So I opened yeah. up. Uh, Like a do a tang kind of book, and I wrote started writing down the things that I did differently than others um, that I would consider specializing in, in the sense that doctors and other practitioners refer to me for. Um, And voila, I had fifteen chapters, and um, and then I started, you know, talking to patients about putting a little like their little case study in kind of thing, and oh, that's cool, yeah and then i started looking for publishers and i found um tellwell in bc which i, I uh, happen to really enjoy working with
2: nice.
1: and then all of a sudden it was like okay this is so what i'm ideally what i'm doing is creating and it's not a very large book but it's a resource yeah. so it's a reference book for yeah. new practitioners or, or newer practitioners and what i find in schooling is there's just so much out there and, and the body is so gray and there's Mm. so many variables that when they teach you they have to teach you a very black and white sprains strains discs da 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 fractures and you you put age and you put repetitive things and you put postures in there and you put ethnic backgrounds and you you all of a sudden it's not black and white
2: no
1: and the problem is is that they teach you something called differential diagnosis so, when you go to do your tests and, and when you're, you're in school, they'll say, well, I think it's uh, lateral epicondylitis. And then they'll say, okay, and what's your differential diagnosis? And what that means is, what else could it be? Yeah. Problem is, is it still very, a black and a yeah, white it answer.
0: could be anything, because I'm sure you could justify sure. it being, yeah. So,
1: you're going to say, it's wow. a strain of the brachioradialis. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a good, that's possible. You're right. And that's how you leave school. So, it's like, okay, so I've got... The what I think it is, what tests positive clinically, and then I have an idea of what it might be. But what the differential diagnosis means is that okay, but it's probably not something that similar. No. But what we don't do is we don't dive back into things that we taught, we were taught very briefly. Yeah. And in my 21 years of experience in the chronic pain uh, and sporting world, um, I found that the things that I Never thought about actually ended up being the majority of my diagnosis. Oh, wow. So the real obscure out there, nice. um, didn't even know that could happen in that site issues. And that's why a lot of my referrals, they say mm. if Kim can't figure it out, nobody can. And that's not because no. I've reinvented the wheel. No. All I've done is gone back and went, what were those obscure things that they s- never really spent time teaching yeah. us? Because those are what I'm seeing more of.
2: Oh, wow. So that's what
1: I'm writing the book at. It's almost like a reminder really or a cool, refresher. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Don't forget these things. Yeah. Right? Don't forget about these ones that these tissues exist. One that these tissues can be injured or inflamed. Yeah. And one that you need to investigate these possibilities. <sighs> yeah. And if you do, you'll be more successful.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. So I'm enjoying
1: that. it. You know, yeah. I'm... It's, uh takes up some time, but it's also making me stronger again. Because every time you learn something or you relearn something, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're still better at what you do. If right. you don't open a book for 20 years, things have changed, and you are going to forget oh, yeah. other things. And then yeah, we end up well. back to patterns. We end up in these, fe- these loops where everything's the disc, everything in the shoulders, rotator cuff, everything da-da-da-da, mm-hmm. and you kind of forget that there is... Hundreds of other possibilities. Yeah. So, doing something like writing a book 21 years later mm-hmm. um, allows me to go back and remember some of those grassroots.
0: Yeah. And now, also, I find doing that would also, <clears throat> you can see what might have changed or what mm-hmm. has stood the test of time. Yeah.
1: Right. Well, and what I see clinically over and over and over yeah. again, which they don't prepare you for.
0: Really? Right? Something so, you see every day. That absolutely. There's whoa. things where
1: there isn't even really a clinical test for, you can only feel it with your hands. So it's like, I've got these nodules in the back and you keep finding these nodules. Like, and someone will say, well, it's a poma. Somebody else says it's a, it's a fascial bundle. And somebody else says, you know, irregular tissue. And you're like, yeah. well, I can't cut the guy open to find out what it actually is. So, you know, but yeah. I'm seeing 90% of my back patients with this thing. So then you figure out, okay, so I found a pattern. I treat it, that pattern works. Mm-hmm. So then you got to go back and go, what the hell are these things, right? And you start going <laughs> yeah. through and you find out, well, this is what they're called. This is what they do. Oh, that's bad, you know? And then all of a sudden, you've got a chapter. Amazing. Yeah.
0: Ah, oh, that sounds so fun, though. It sounds like you're really enjoying the process, too. Oh, I, too. I, I Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah.
0: That's really cool. When uh, when that's kind of finished and it's done and you've done <laughs> your, uh, or and you go on your book tour or whatever, I'll have to yeah. have you on the show to go way more into it and we'll I go love through it and go, yeah. do, like, do a read. Yeah. something yeah because i definitely love a uh, buy a copy that's uh yeah that's very yeah intriguing. and then
1: it you know it'll go out to it'll be on amazon it'll be on all the nice. so you'll be able to get an e-version right and uh uh you know so then it'll be hard copy as well so nice. it'll be it'll be out there
0: there's something when it comes to i found lately reading hard copies yeah i know people like as a form of learning that we talked about lately, yeah. right with in, the access to information is huge right mm-hmm. but there's so many different ways like, there's so many different podcasts about anything and everything yeah, right yeah. from world history to business and it's awesome right how accessible everything is but I almost yeah. feel like there's it there's almost too much like it's very 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 crowded
1: very hard to navigate very to, tricky yeah. right and yeah. so
0: I almost find like I grab it I go towards people that I'm like okay I like what you're doing in this industry yeah. and I have one or two that I kind of stick with in each industry whether it be yeah. martial arts business like Woodworking and woodcrafting sure, stuff, sure. right? Whatever yeah. hobbies we all have, yeah. and kind of yeah. find one or two, focus on those. Yeah. But um, with that, do you have kind of a um, like? What's your favorite experience working, like at your like as in your job? Let's say because I think the whole word of job is convoluted.
1: I, th- I think my best experiences are giving will be giving people hope, yeah. giving them answers, giving them a direction um and so i think just being able to help people cuz you yeah. know when you're in chronic pain and i mean my sports my athletes are obviously family to me and and, mm-hmm. I, and I love them dearly but um they're going to be okay right so if one of my nhl players or one of my ohl players or one of my pro, you know basketball players roll an ankle they're going to be okay so is it a cool experience to work with them 100% probably yeah But the biggest satisfaction is taking somebody who's had chronic pain for two or three decades, been to everybody, done everything, doesn't have a clue what's going on.
0: No hope in it. No
1: hope. And then I see them. I know what it is. I can fix it. Or at least I can influence it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then they give me a hug. Or I get Mm -hmm. this message saying, you know, thank you for changing my life. Or thank Uh, you for giving me my life back That's amazing. Um, those are the those are the things that I cherish yeah. the most like I got a really really cool job yeah and at face value obviously the stuff with I the pros and and the actors and and doing those things those look like the coolest parts but in essence the coolest parts is working on the average everyday human mm-hmm. that has nowhere to turn and haven't hasn't had yeah. any help or the help hasn't helped and and being able to influence their recovery
0: Wow, <clears throat> i love that that's really cool yeah that's a really cool way of uh wow that's a really good way of looking at it All right um so as we kind of wrap up mm-hmm. um do you have any we went through a lot of different things do you have any thing that you would like to pass on or any final message or experience or lesson you'd like to share with everybody just so that yep.
1: uh, i do um going back to the intro where I talked, you know, about everybody in high school mm-hmm. and having this direction, I can tell you that probably 98% of those people never went into the direction they went into. So, have you know, so taking that and making it an insecurity or an yeah. uncertainty for yourself because, oh my God, I don't know what I want to do, isn't the wrong direction. No. Right? And there's so many jobs and so many professions and so many oh. careers out there, um, that you don't even not knowing in the moment doesn't mean anything. Right. Okay. And when I took my uh, when I took my first class in osteopathy with mm-hmm. this doctor, world renowned Dr. Guy Voyer, he had everybody put their hands on on each other, and he explained this figure eight type movement that existed in the body. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'm good with my hands so I'm sitting there and I've got my hands on this person I'm trying to feel and he's like there's you're going to feel the body's respiration you're mm-hmm. gonna feel the body's blood flow and heart rate mm-hmm. this is a different movement you have to feel this movement okay here I go and I'm doing one of these going anybody, anybody feel this shit I don't feel a thing <laughs> and of course person's like oh I feel this and someone else is like oh I feel it too and I'm sitting there going oh my god I, I can't oh, be an nothing. osteopath I, I can't feel a thing like, I can't feel a thing. So, okay, i do this again. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm like, I'm gonna fail, like this guy's not gonna take me. And what I learned in that moment, he stood up and said, you, you, and you, almost like the new Amsterdam show, you, you, and you, you're out of the class. It wasn't me he was pointing to. He said, you're too suggestive. I gave you something to feel for that doesn't exist.
2: And you well... all did
1: what you thought I wanted you to do. Which means that you're not actually going to feel what exists in the body because I told you what to look what? for and you told me you found it and it doesn't exist and he only kept five of us and because we're all like oh shit we're in Whoa. trouble like we're not gonna be able to stay in this course only because we were truthful and we were humble and we really couldn't feel a damn it's thing okay not to know it's okay not to know Whoa. and that damn, was something I've, yeah I've carried all along what? it's okay not to have an answer yeah the worst thing to do is fake it or lie about it or you know what I mean yeah. And you know what I've done that in my own clinic I've said listen I don't know what this is I think I, I think it's this mm-hmm. but let's get a second opinion so going back to that lesson mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you don't know and most times mm-hmm. you're gonna know eventually right yeah. so whether it's your profession whether it's your soulmate whether it's you know whatever path your life is gonna take am I gonna stay in Sudbury am I gonna end up somewhere mm-hmm. else in the world you just have to breathe there will be a sign. There'll be a signal.
2: Mm-hmm. There'll
1: be something that comes across, you know, and and you embark in that journey when it comes. But the one thing: do not stress if you do not know. There's a reason you don't know, and in that time, mm-hmm. your body, you, yourself, whatever your environment, you're not ready to know the answer.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Now, um, do you have anywhere? Where can people reach you, or where can people <laughs> find you? yeah people get treated or prevent their injuries
1: yeah so uh, the one location that I'm working primarily out of is called active therapy mm-hmm. um, the funny thing is the building doesn't say active therapy on it It no says, the Let's... clinic that needs no name and the, the reason behind that is is when I
2: it's amazing. the <laughs>
1: owner owned three buildings in a row Yep. And mine is the middle building. Mm-hmm. So when the owner got the percentage of signage, you only allowed so much percentage of, of, of your building being uh, covered by a sign. That
0: makes sense. So yep.
1: all that percentage was allocated to one of the buildings, not mine. So when I went to get a permit to get a sign in the building, I, was, I wasn't approved. So I went back to the sign company and said, I need something to tell people where I am. Can I put a sentence up? And he's like, wow. Ah as long as it's not a sign I'm like, okay so we literally put the clinic that needs no name and it had a dual a dual <laughs> purpose because most people don't know my clinic name anyway they just say go see kim
2: yeah so it was a clinic fair.
1: that didn't need a name but mm. it was also a clinic that didn't get a name because it wasn't allowed to sign <laughs> so you know years later now i can definitely put a sign out but i've chosen to keep it because i like it yeah
2: go it's kind of quirky right yeah
1: um, so ah, yeah, so I it's 797 it. Lawrence Street. Um, I end, I am opening a second location in New Sudbury, so that's oh, some, nice. some exciting stuff we'll chat about another day. Yeah, Thank you. Sure, sure. Um, so we will have a second location, but for now, um, if you look up Active Therapy Plus, uh, the phone number is 674 so nice and easy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's we're a multidisciplinary clinic with three athletic therapists, three physiotherapists, three massage therapists. We have a nutritionist, a doctor of naturopathic medicine, uh, two fascial stretching therapists I think that's it so nice. um yeah so uh, we've got we've got it all basically yeah. and uh, and and we are really good if it if somebody needs something that isn't under our roof we have a great referral source we work with concussions um, we work with all athletes obviously we do chronic care and chronic pain and um, yeah
0: right on Kim I'm super grateful for your time thank and you able to chat I learned a lot and I hope everybody else did too and thank um, you yeah, I uh, look forward to chatting with you again in the future. So Sounds good, man. Thank you very man. much. Right thank on. you.
1: Happy right Sunday, on. everybody.
0: Right on.